alternative classroom experience brought to you by me, Katie Conn, from my London bedroom. Currently, the situation is I've got a lot of washing all around me. I'm sat cross-legged on my bed recording this and I'm in a bit of darkness because my light bulb makes a very annoying sort of buzz, very, very unsettling on the ears. So I've decided I'm in the dark, but it's fine. We're all in the dark. Coronavirus is rife still. We're all in metaphorical darkness with what's going to happen in the future. You know, let's start this episode off with a metaphor. Bit of context. Uh, not been putting out episodes for the last two months just because I wanted to kind of creatively recharge and all of that, all that jazz. I've had to, over the last month, basically, I've moved in with my boyfriend, which is super exciting. But I guess over the last kind of, I don't even know, I think we've been here a month. There's just been boxes galore, all this cardboard everywhere. But finally, it's just starting to feel like a home. Um, so I'm settled and I'm doing an episode. So lovely to see you all. I mean, I'm not seeing you, but you know what I mean. So this week I was thinking, well, what am I going to do? What am I going to talk about? Do you even have anything interesting to talk about? Does your brain have enough information that isn't just related to Courtney and Kim and, and Kendall and all the K's in the Kardashian family? Is there anything that's going on in that brain up there that they cry, they, they, they plead, Katie, what are you going to talk about? And so I was thinking earlier this week, I was like, I really need to do an episode and I'm going to do an episode on technology. <laughs> now, anyone that knows me knows that my scientific abilities are highly, highly, highly questionable, uh, as well as my sort of mathematical knowledge. I'm, I'm pretty rubbish at that side of things of life. Um, in terms of my own life and my interactions with technology, I have just become so, so lazy to the point, you know, someone gave me an actual map now telling me, right, you need to get from A to B. Here's a map. You can't have your phone. Good luck. Because I'd probably get lost, honestly. So I just think that I've become so reliant on technology and I can't even remember a sort of time where I don't know, there was just the lack of need for a phone. And so it kind of got me thinking, when did your life really start to become inextricably linked with tech? So just a bit of context, I'm 24. I think some might say that people my age have been the generation, I guess, um, that have really grown up with technology. They have grown up and evolved as tech has also sort of grown and evolved. So I'm on the cusp of Gen Z or Gen Z um, and the millennials. So I'm actually, I think I am technically a Gen Zer, which is hilarious. I've been thinking, when did you really start to have tech dominate your life? Has this sort of just been a trickling effect where it's a step-by-step -step process and you just sort of don't really think about how much you rely on tech? And I think that's probably been the case. So are there any things that I can kind of track that tell me about, I don't know, maybe a bit more about myself today? Who knows? So I'm going to take you all on a journey through time and space to the world of Katie Con. Let's go back to the beginning. And it's a very good place to start. And I need to stop quoting the sound of music. 
But 1996, the year I was born. In 1996, I did some research, found out that was the year that the Nintendo 64 came out. It's me, Mario! I recently bought a Mario Levi jacket. Love it. I was thinking, I was like, why do I love this so much? And it's probably because I used to love playing on this game in my brother's room when I was little. It's all wrapped up in nostalgia. It is nothing short of iconic. Six years old, it's 2002. Apple releases its second generation iPod. So back then, it held a whopping 20 gigabytes of storage space. 20, which is not very big if everybody knows, you know, your gigabytes from your megabytes to your terabytes to your tripabytes to your trip, I don't know. <laughs> but it's not massive. But what is massive, what a lovely segue, what is massive is that in 2002, the very first mobile phone with a built-in camera was released in the US. And I think we all know that since then, the world has never ever been the same. And no doubt, you know, it took a long time for phones to actually all have cameras on them and things like that, and actually decent cameras of, of that. But if that had not have happened, and I assume it was just inevitable because that was just what people probably wanted. I remember as well, my brother was given a phone and I was super jealous, but I was too little to have a phone. And I remember my dad saying, yeah, but Katie, you know, when you get a phone, when you're older, you know, you'll probably be able to watch TV on it. And I just remember thinking, Dad, <laughs> that is wild. Really? Do you really think that that's the case? What? It was kind of in the days where you would go on a phone and you would click a button accidentally and then you'd be taken to the internet and then you'd be charged like a million pounds and you'd be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but I just remember thinking at that point, oh my gosh, obviously that's not the case. And now, oh my goodness, we have so much TV, Netflix, Anything you can think of. YouTube, you've got it all on your phone. My dad was right. Maybe he's actually a wizard. That's what I need to conclude, but, you know. And then 2004, the Nintendo DS enters the world and children and families all over the world rejoice. We are given the beauty of Nintendogs. Now, I genuinely think that that game is the reason why so many people have adorable, adorable doggies and this desire for doggy culture. My goodness. Maybe that's a reason why dog videos do so well on viral video because people all around the world have nurtured their brains to love little doggies on that Nintendogs game. But anyway, the Nintendo DS is so, so good. Everyone would be able to connect with their DSs. There was even a chat room called PictoChat. And I have to say, guys, if we're going to be doing this trip down memory lane, I remember the first digitised declaration of fancying was done on PictoChat by probably circa 10-year-old me telling a boy in my primary school in a separate chat room that I did in fact fancy him. And that, if we're going to be retrospective about it, 
is the first moment where I use technology to declare a message. Whether it was, you know, truly heartfelt, who knows? But in that moment, I used a sort of semi-phone that isn't a phone, but is a digital messaging service to tell a boy that I fancied him. And think how many other people have done that all around the world on digital stuff. It happens all the time. But did it all start in Nintendo DS chat rooms for some of us? Yes, it did. And I think it would be an absolute disservice to the whole world if I didn't tell you Mario Kart on the Nintendo DS is one of the greatest games ever, ever, ever to grace this world. And I was also thinking about the significance of my Nintendo DS console. And I remember having an absolute sob. I was sobbing, I was so upset because the moment I realised that I was two levels away from completing The Sims 2 on my Nintendo DS and then I accidentally factory reset the whole thing, I was in floods, I was, I was in bits. And that, if we're going to track again, is the first moment when I realised technology, when it doesn't work, is so, so, so annoying. And I was so upset. And again, how many other tears have been shed over moments of initial trauma like that? And then also, how many other moments since then has it done it for actual work purposes or, you know, things in your personal life where it just wipes stuff? so annoying oh my gosh that should never be an option and that factory reset button or whatever on that sims 2 game can i just say was far too close to the save button like i would not have factory i'm not even going to get into it but fuming that was a design flaw and i will take that up with my lawyers so 2006 two years later the nintendo wii comes out what a absolute blast and i found out some facts about this right came out in December in Europe and there was so much demand for these Nintendo Wiis that there was a shortage around Christmas and it just basically couldn't fulfill all of the pre-orders on its release. So, you know, I remember actually looking back that there were so many people around that Christmas that were like, yes, I want a Nintendo Wii. And it was just a really big deal if you actually got one. And I also remember, I feel like I definitely saw this on the news, but I just remember there being loads of segments, or I'd say loads, who knows if it was loads, but I definitely remember seeing really angry families just with broken TVs because their kids have been playing aggressively like on Wii Sports and just throwing the remotes into the, <laughs> into the screens and just shattering them. Along with the shattered hopes and dreams of, you know, parents around the world that then have to pay a load of money to get a new telly. Really not ideal, but what a great, what a great moment of time. Um, it turns out that, you know, the couch potato in that instance was gonna maybe do some boiling of itself and, and get kind of hot and sweaty on that wee, on that wee game. I remember they, there was even that like, oh my God, do you know what I'm thinking about right now? Don't you remember that they had the wee fitness thing or so, was it wee fit? It was called wee fit, wasn't it? Right, I need to fact check that. But people would stand on their Wii Fit board thing. And I remember, it's actually really savage looking back. I think they had a moment where, I think the whole game was to make people lose weight or be conscious about fitness. 
And I think they did it through sort of running things. I'm really, God, this is all coming back to me. Anyone else, if you can remember playing that game, please, please, can you message me and tell me about it? Because actually, that is kind of weird now, because maybe that's kind of the start of, I don't know, like Fitbits and using technology to kind of make exercise seem more fun than it is in order to achieve goals. I don't know. But I also remember there being a really savage part where you would stand on your electric scale and it would essentially tell you if you were overweight. And looking back, very, very much doubt that that was really accurate. And also I can imagine, you know, so many kids who would kind of playing that game to have a bit of fun must have felt so, so rubbish if they stood on that and there was, you know, their screen highlighting that they were heavier than the average person. I just think that's probably so awful for so many, you know, growing up and impressionable people and not even people growing up. Just, that's just a bit, oh, I don't know. That really doesn't sit well with me. And I also remember around this time in 2006, MSN Messenger was a thing. Coming home from school to suddenly sit on MSN, find out what LOL meant, OMG, BRB. I actually thought that BRB just meant burp, like what? But no, BRB means be right back and that's how it always will, always will be. And that's what it always will mean, wow. And at that point, anyone else have Bebo? Because I did, and can we all remember you used to be able to do your top friends on your friends sort of list. Oh my gosh, the amount of social anxiety that was honestly triggered through that small, silly feature. Oh gosh, I remember being really upset and anxious with my mum about that and saying, but I just don't know who to put my, my top friends as. So I remember having to do a sort of disclosure in my bio or whatever it was called, being like, I just picked them randomly like I don't actually have top friends. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> but I remember it being so savage. And then also people would get love as well. So this is really interesting. So you could get people to give you love. So I guess that is sort of like the like button now. And you would just have love, I think, on your page. So some people would have more love than you and you'd be like, well, why do they have more love than I do? do I, am I not lovable? Do I not deserve love? And all of these thoughts are coming into your head as, you know, a, a 10, 11 year old girl. Um, and, you know, I think that must have been the start of, I don't know, gaining affirmation online. Well, that was at least for me. And so at 12 years old, we're in 2008, actually 2007, there was the recession. So we're not in a good place in British society. It's not ideal, but at this point, Apple launches the App Store, and then Spotify, the app was launched that year as well in October. And so you could have free accounts and all of that. And we all know what Spotify is now. Oh my gosh. But interesting to think that that was the year that online streaming would become a thing. And I think I remember going to HMV and that being the sort of way in which to consume your music, buy your games and, you know, get involved with all of that side of things. And, you know, now it's pretty non-existent. And 
streaming is the way forward for all sort of music bits and it's just so interesting I love it but yeah that's at 12 years old that only kickstarts then so yeah gosh in, in 12 years there's been so much change since that point and then you know just a little highlight 2010 uh, so I'm 14 years old the iPads released the iPod classic was released and I still have that now and apparently apparently it's worth quite a lot of money so maybe I might sell it and if anyone's listening who wants to buy it please buy it off me <laughs> please and this is the big money maker. Off of the ground. In 2010. Bitches love the ground. Oh, wait, shit. Instagram started. Instagram started in 2010. So it's been alive for 10 years. Oh my goodness. 10 years of Instagram. What? What? And I remember. So I've already spoken about getting love from Bebo. So we're already off Bebo. I think I was the second person in my year at school. It's probably around this time actually when I actually got Facebook as well. And so, you know, we're kind of into the whole liking thing. We're posting on people's Facebook walls. We're having, you know, conversations that should have, should have been text messages were happening for everyone to see on people's Facebook walls. So you'd be like, Hey, have you done the homework for tomorrow? I'm a bit stuck on question 10. Can you help? Lol. And you just had conversations for the world to see. And it's so funny. If you're ever bored, scroll down. <laughs> scroll down. There used to be, there still is actually on Facebook, a time hop function. And you can see all of <laughs> all of your really embarrassing conversations. But I also live for it and I live for the drama. But if you're ever bored, 100% look back at that. Putting filters on, on photos was just the coolest thing. And I remember it was, you know, you'd really whack up the saturation and you'd make it all look super crazy. Oh my gosh. But I just remember looking at it and thinking, this is so cool. And I took a picture of, um, like it's called The Weir in my hometown. And I put it on my Instagram and I hashtagged something like hashtag bath hashtag weir and it got like kind of quite a few likes and I reckon when I say quite a few it's probably like eight or something but they were all from strangers around the world and I just found it mind-blowing I was like oh my gosh you know strangers are liking my pictures this is amazing and it must be the first sort of original dopamine hit that I ever got from sort of I don't know achieving a like and affirmation on a picture that I'd put out into the world and I reckon that's probably where it all started, that desire and craving for affirmation from strangers and feeling like you are worthy and you are known and acknowledged. And yeah, I mean, it's pretty deep, isn't it? But maybe that's where society sort of started to create that monster. So four years later, I am in 2014 and I'm an 18 year old girl. Well, I'm an 18 year old woman, I guess, to use that word. I'm a woman at 18. 3G coverage is now available to 99% of the UK population. Elsewhere, Facebook acquires WhatsApp for 19 billion. Whaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaa
wishing people happy birthday on their walls, you know, all of that was a thing. Instagram was popping. This was the, I think, 18 years old for me was when Instagram was, it was the sweet spot. You know, everyone was posting on Insta. It was still pretty cool. Ads hadn't completely dominated the space. The influencer didn't really exist. It was just a photo sharing platform for you and your mates. And it just sort of hadn't been totally understood by brands how to sell you things and how to use it for marketing purposes. Not that I can remember. I mean, maybe it was, but it just didn't feel as if you were always going to be targeted with ads and you should buy this and, you know... The influencer, the role of the influencer hadn't been established, so you weren't sort of completely comparing yourself with unachievable lifestyle goals or, you know, you're not seeing images of perfection that have been curated to make you sort of think, oh my goodness, I want to look like that. You just hadn't, you didn't have any of that. And I, I miss it. I miss it so much. I yearn for the days when you could go on your Insta, post a picture with a hashtag, maybe get like, I don't know, maximum 12 likes and you were buzzing off it. And then, which is tragic that I say that, but it is kind of true. But it was just about sharing memories and photos. You weren't being told what to buy. You weren't being told where you should go. You were just allowed to post pictures and get on with your life. And I think, that is the sweet spot that is missed now. And so 18 year old Katie, I would, I would tell that girl a lot to be fair. <laughs> I would give her a lot of advice from 24 year old me. So we're now six years later. We're in 2020, we are in a global pandemic. It is utterly terrifying, this existence, but humanity is also showing some of the best of itself we are also seeing the worst of humanity as well and I think in the last six years we have seen so much happen with technology I almost don't think I can talk about it all right now we have got you know the real rise of, of TikTok which is I'm sorry, the Chinese government can have every single ounce and aspect of my data as long as they continue to keep this app as fantastic as it is. <laughs> Honestly, inject that content into my veins. I love it. But we have TikTok, this really great new platform that feels, in a way, like the sweet spot of Instagram that I was just talking about. TikTok, for me, feels like Instagram was six years ago before all of the ads kind of got involved and before brands properly started diving into everything it really does feel like everyone can kind of be as creative and out there as they want to without this kind of fear of judgment rejection I don't know I think perhaps I'm saying that because there are a few people that I know that are actually on it so it feels like you can kind of have this new space where you can be as experimental and have loads of fun and not really worry about how you're actually coming off because you are just putting it out there for the sake of it. Um, and I think that's going to change. I think the sweet spot only lasts for a, a section of time and then it will be discovered by brands how to make money out of it and, you know, all the rest will follow. It's inevitable. We've seen it all the time. But TikTok is actually pretty awesome. But 2020, technology now. I don't know if any of you have watched The Social Dilemma. 
the Netflix documentary that essentially gets really, really key figures that have been involved in the creation of social media platforms to basically talk all about the design process and how they're designed to make you addicted to your phone, to keep you swiping, to keep you scrolling, to keep you liking. Um, and I guess to then buy into brands and, you know, all of that, all of that malarkey. But I think that really hit home to me how addicted I am to tech and how reflective it's made me on my usage of technology over the years. And I think for my generation, I think we've developed an understanding of tech and we evolve with it, but we actually don't often question it. And I think it's only been since, I don't know, lockdown where we're constantly on Zoom, we are losing that sense of human connectivity and we're, we're making up for it in terms of a digital technology connectivity or what, however we phrase it. And I think a lot of people are crying out for actual human contact. Like we are physically barriered from, from you know, real connection with, with people because of this virus. And I think we're having to rely on technology a lot, which is great. We're so lucky you, you can use your... FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, whatever, to speak to your family all over the world. And I think that's so amazing. But we are so reliant on it. And it's and it's sad. I recently decided that I need to stop taking my phone with me to bed. I think it was because I sent a work email at something like 10 to, 10 to midnight because I was lying in bed and I suddenly thought, oh, I need to send this email because my phone was there and it was quick and easy to do. And I suddenly thought, Katie you are needing to go to bed. You need to get away from your phone. Why is your phone in here? Like you always get into bed and then you're sat on your screen and you're scrolling TikTok, or even though I love it, you're scrolling TikTok, you're just going on Instagram, you're looking at people's stories. Why are you doing it? You're just doing it out of habit. You need to stop doing it. You're just eating into your sleep. You're getting all that blue light into your brain and you're just damaging yourself. I, I don't know how I'm damaging myself, but I know it's not good for me. So I was like, well, I need my phone because I use it as an alarm clock. So I was like, right, Katie, right. <laughs> you are getting an alarm clock and you are not going to bring your phone into your bedroom when you are going to sleep. Stop doing it. So that is my one act of rebellion <laughs> that I have done recently against technology in order to kind of feel like I'm regaining some sense of control. And I have to say, since getting this alarm clock, and I have to say, it's a very cool techie one. <laughs> she says she's talking all about technology and its usage, blah, blah, blah. But it's actually really good. It simulates the feeling and experience of a sunrise in both the morning and a sunset to sort of send you off to sleep. It's really great. It essentially eases you <laughs> into waking up and falling to sleep. And I would recommend it. It's brilliant. But yeah, I think that's my one act of rebellion against constantly being in my own space with my own technology. So I would thoroughly recommend if the reason you are spending and losing hours to your phone when you go to sleep is because of your phone and justifying its need because it's your alarm, just even if you don't get the sunrise one that I'm obsessed with, get one. It's like a fiver for an alarm clock and you will feel better because you're not losing time when you should be sleeping or reading or just doing anything away from that bloody screen. But look, I've absolutely loved taking a trip down memory lane. 
I really hope that this episode has kind of made you feel reflective and nostalgic and I really hope it's also made you think about how quickly everything has changed and how you know sometimes you need to just have a pause and think oh my goodness it's crazy that life is now this technologically interlinked with everything and there was once a time when that wasn't the case. I hope you have a lovely week. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and it's so good to be back. If you can do that solid for me and just, you know, do that whole like, share and subscribe and I'll love that, that would be wonderful. But thanks so much and have a splendid week. <laughs>